welcome to the B2B Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Molly Raycroft, joined by my assistant, Adam Harper. Hi, Molly. Hello, B2B Marketers. I hope you are all doing well today. Uh, Molly, let's get on with it straight away. Who did we have the chance to speak to for this, this episode? We spoke to Lucy Antunji from PwC. Yeah, we did. And uh, this one's a bit special because Tunji isn't a marketer. Uh, not to get anyone too dun, scared, dun, dun. he's actually a salesperson. Uh, <laughs> we had the chance to speak to the two of them about their relationship and how they've aligned sales and marketing together at PwC. We know it's a huge topic at the moment, uh, especially with things like account-based marketing, which we're going to be covering at length at B2B in the next few months. So it was great to get a chat to both of them together and see how they're really nurturing and fostering a great relationship within their business. Uh, Molly, should we dive right in? Let's go for it. Yeah, let's do it. So today we're joined by two very, very interesting people, Lucy and Tunji. How are you doing, guys? Good. Good to be here. We're very well. Uh, so always best to start by making sure our uh, listeners know who we're speaking to. So uh, Lucy, would you like telling everyone who you are and what your role is and where yes, you work? Yes, absolutely. So uh, my name is Lucy Birch. I am the marketing and brand director for PwC in the UK. Um, I've been at PwC for about four years now working in various marketing roles um, and took up the role that I'm currently in about 12 months ago. Great. And uh, how's the first 12 months been in this role? Has it been a big change from the last uh, one? Yeah, I'd probably say it's been pretty massive. Um, but part of the exciting part of that is um, the fact that I think Tunji, since he's come into his role, and I'll let him explain who he is in a minute, um, part of the joy of my role is getting to work with him. Great. And as you allude, uh, our other colleague with us today is one of your colleagues at PwC, but is a sure we are shocked to all of our listeners. It's someone that's not from the marketing no. team. Uh, so, Tunji, tell us a little bit about what you do at PwC. Yeah, good afternoon, Adam, actually. So my name's Tunji Akintoken, and I'm a director and the head of sales for the UK organisation. I'm a relative newbie to um, the firm, and I've been with PwC now for about six months. And uh, previous to that, I led a number of sales teams internationally for a tech company called Cisco. And uh, I've done stints in Russia, the Middle East and Africa. Okay. Um, they sound quite interesting places to try and do business and sell stuff. Is it uh, quite an interesting culture change for you moving from sort of international tech space into a slightly different culture at PwC? Yeah, it has been a bit of a difference. Um, and I think mainly working for a professional services organisation, and specifically one of the big four, um, I think in terms of the client uh, interaction, it's no different. But I think in terms of structure, uh, I think a partnership is very, very different to a, a typical hierarchical um, um firm or, uh, or technology company. So uh, it's been an adjustment, but a good one. I've, I've really enjoyed the, the challenge and uh, getting to build my network out within the firm. And um, six months in, I'm excited about the opportunity um, to work um, with marketing, but also with the wider sales community within uh, PwC. 
Great, and we're looking forward to digging into some of those details shortly. But first, we always like to find out some other recommendations of what people can do after this podcast with our B2B book club. So, Lucy, are you having to go first and give us a recommendation of what we should be putting on our B2B marketing bookshelves this week? Mm, yeah, so um, the one that I would recommend is The Long and the Short of It, um, written by Binnis and Field. Um, the reason I really enjoy their way of looking at the world is because it brings to the fore the ongoing tension that I think we love to grapple with as B2B marketers around brand building versus um, sort of demand or lead generation type activity. Um, and I think the, re- and the reason I think this is such a great publication is it's so well researched. Um, I think it was originally published back in 2013, but um, in the last 12 months, they have actually done an update to that original research, um, specifically looking at B2B. So in the original research, it was B2B and B2C. So it's kind of, you know, lumping it all in together. Um, But in the last 12 months, they have re-looked at that and specifically done a B2B cut. And we've talked a lot over the years around that balance between emotional and rational, um, where you choose to invest, what impact that has. Um, And I think this is something that is is really exciting at the moment. Um, It's a challenge that is never going to go away for B2B marketing. But I think certainly from my perspective, having really clear evidence-based research is massively important when we're having conversations with our business stakeholders around what the shape of our marketing, what it looks like. Um, and I also think it's really important in terms of how we engage with our sales colleagues. Um, obviously, there is a element where sales is very much driven and motivated by the, the returns, the revenue, the opportunity pipeline. Um, But I think also in B2B, we very much recognize that our sales cycles can be much longer um, than in other areas. So I think that whole balance between the brand, which gives you the permission to operate, um, and then how do you activate against it is is really, really well thought through in this publication. So I would definitely recommend people digging into it if they're not familiar with it already. Great. And uh, how about you, Tunji? Have you got a sales book that you feel like as marketers, it'd probably be worth us picking up and reading, maybe to get a bit of an insight into what your day-to-day job really looks like or what makes a good salesperson? Yeah, sure. And I think for me, Adam, it's about teams. And I probably, there's many books I could recommend, uh, but the one I, I would probably say is a standout one. It's a fairly older book, but one that I find is uh, really effective when you're building sales and marketing teams. And it's a book called The Power of Strategic Commitment. It's quite an old book. It's been around a while. I think it's by Josh Leibner, uh, Gershon Mader, and Alan Weiss. Um, but it's a really good book around how you build really good results through alignment and engagement. Um, and that's, uh, uh, for me, uh, one of the most important things around a sales organization is having alignment um, with our marketing organization and working together as teams. And, you know, I think when you're successful, it's often through the fact that you, you've got that um, working relationship with your peers and, ali- and um, adjacent groups to be able to bring, you know, outstanding experiences and uh, solutions for our clients. So that's probably the, the, the book I would recommend as a, a good read. 
Sounds good. And uh, as always, we'll make sure there are links so that anyone who's listening can pick those up on Amazon straight away um, and, you know, waste a weekend reading those instead of doing it during work time like sneaky people. <laughs> Great. Okay, so um, today we're going to be talking about uh, sales and marketing alignment, which is a massive pain point for quite a few people. Um, one Something that I'm really interested in, and Tenji, it's great to have you on this podcast. We very rarely speak to salespeople, and you're, you're probably one of the first salespeople we've actually interviewed. Um, we have these kind of – I come into contact with a lot of um, – common perceptions around what salespeople are like to work with. Um, for example, people often say they don't understand the value of marketing. They think marketing just create brochures, etc. On the other side of that, what is the kind of stereotypical view of marketers, would you say? What are that kind of, what's the perception within the sales community? It's a, it's a great question, Molly, and I think um, and it is a very stereotypical and probably an older view, although there probably are pockets within any organisation where it still exists. I think with, market, with, with marketeers generally, um, I think you've touched on one. It's probably with the, the typical things that uh, most salespeople think marketers would probably do, which is around, um, you know, events and, you say, brochures, collateral, content, website updates. Um what you don't often see, um, I guess, salespeople um, do is to link the intrinsic value that marketing can bring to the sales cycle. And um, that old, I guess that old way of thinking, which is changing, has been really challenged and moved forward with things like account-based marketing. So I think it is changing. Um, I wouldn't say that we're 100% there. But from my perspective, I've been quite fortunate in that I've worked with organisations where marketing has been an integral part of the sales um, campaign and, and, and cycle. So when I first joined, Lucy was one of the first people in the firm that I reached mm-hmm. out to uh, in terms of understanding her strategy, what she was doing, um, and also um, making myself available that I'd really like to work closely with her um, as I start to look at my sales teams and what we can do. And, you know, the term I use with Lucy is that I'd like us to be very much joined at the hip because that's how I'm used to working with um, my marketing teams. Okay. And is there anything that you would say salespeople have t- typically said in the past that you've heard where they're like, oh, this someone's, this drives me crazy about marketing or marketers. I wish they would like understand this about sales or do this differently for mm-hmm. sales. Is there anything in particular that you've heard people in the sales community speak about before? I think probably one of the main ones is probably around either collateral or content and, and mm-hmm. probably the feedback has been more around where sales haven't been haven't felt they've been involved in that process. So, if a particular campaign or some content um, becomes available within the company, and um, you know there's some messaging in there that doesn't quite hit the mark, um, that's probably the one I hear the most. Um, certainly in the past, I I think that's uh, quite interesting because. One of the specific examples of things that marketers have told me really annoys them about salespeople is when they spend hours, days, weeks producing wonderful, beautiful pieces of collateral. Sales never use them. And then they find four months later, sales have made 
shoddy homemade PowerPoint versions of the exact same collateral, often with the same information in it. Um, but the suggestion is maybe the reason that's happening is that marketing aren't involving sales with the process of creating that stuff in the first place. Absolutely, Adam. And, and that's probably one of the reasons why when joining the firm, it was important for me to, you know, spend time with Lucy to understand, you know, how, you know, we work together, um, you know, from the outset. And I'm sure we'll share as we go through this interview, some of the things that um, we've done differently to be able to start to address that by having sales much more involved earlier in some of the planning around themes and campaigns and general um, directions of travel that we want to change. I guess we've got more skin in the game. And what you find with that, Adam, is that when you, like in anything, if you invest people into that process, then they're bought in, they're more likely to execute or use it because they feel they've been part of that process rather than something just dumped on their desk and then told to do something with it. Okay. Um, so, and one of the reasons that we're talking about sales and marketing alignment with the two of you today is because you feel you've got a really good sales and marketing relationship and you've been working hard to achieve that. So does that mean the reason that you can recognize that your relationship is a good one is because you've experienced turbulent um, marketing and sales relationships in the past or more difficulties than you now have today? Um. To a, to a certain extent, I would say that it's less about having had um, turbulent relationships. It's just that they, they've they been very, very separate. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it has to start with mutual respect. So I couldn't do Tunji's job, and I'm guessing because he's doing his job, he either doesn't want to or couldn't do my job. So <laughs> for me, actually, why, why would I not want to um, learn from, embrace, suck up all that amazing client insight that Tunji gets from being in his role? Mm -hmm. Because actually, you know, Tunji and his team are talking to our business stakeholders that are out in the market, that are often on client sites. Um, you know, having those conversations as marketeers, as much as I would love that level of client exposure on a regular basis, my job doesn't allow me to do it in the same way. Yeah. So actually making Tunji my new best friend is the quickest route for me to get the latest intel and the latest insight around what our customers or our clients actually need, want and how they think. Um, which is why I was, you know, absolutely open and embraced having key members from his team join us for our planning sessions and the value that they were able to bring in the room where we might have been hypotheses or, you know, going on legacy assumptions and actually their ability to say, well, in this situation, it wasn't quite like that or no, that's absolutely spot on. And I see sales as a way of ensuring that marketing teams can get to the right answers quicker and be sure that the things that we are proposing actually have legs. And the more that marketing and sales can have a joined up proposition back to our, um, you know, back to our organizations, back to our business, I think is real reassurance that what we're investing from a marketing side will actually have and be able to achieve the desired outcome. 
Yeah, I think you know you hear a lot that the sales and marketing partnership is is like a partnership in you know any other area of, of you know life, um, and one of the things you hear all the time is the early stage and having the big planning meetings and getting everyone on board on day one is not easy, but it's the easy bit of the job um, in terms of sales and marketing alignment. The hard part is is working on it every day or every week or, you know, constantly to make sure that it's always working and it doesn't sort of slip away. Um, so I'm interested to hear how you guys do that. So how often do you guys get a chance to sort of sit down and, and talk about these things? I mean, for as a leadership team, we, we get together, you know, weekly to discuss priorities, things that are coming up. Um, I mean, I think in terms of, you know, us working together through the planning process, and we pick up the kind of the big strategic things. But we also, it's not just me and Tunji, we do have amazing teams. So, so um, if I if I pick out one of the examples um, that we've got of where this is working absolutely brilliantly, is around one of our campaigns. So uh, we've been running a campaign called Value Creation and Deals. Um, for about the last nine, ten months or so, um, and that's and the great thing is it's also shortlisted for one of your B two B marketing awards um, for best sales and marketing integration. So I'm I'm super super proud of what they have achieved. The real the real stamp of quality that one. <laughs> Absolutely. So, there's only, there's only so it's not just me thinking it's brilliant. It's also been endorsed by others. Um, but that is a great example of marketing and sales absolutely coming together to decide the strategy, the targeting, the approach. Um, the sales team are very clear on their role in the campaign. The marketing team are very clear on their role. Um, it's also a really brilliant partnership with our business stakeholders. And a lot of what we've done around that campaign has been co-created with clients. So the the collective value of what every single part of the project has brought to the table has really elevated the impact, the output. Um, and the other thing that I love about that project and the team that are on it is it is really brilliant example of, you know, collective success. So it's not something where I've seen the sales team taking all the credit for it or the marketeers trying to take all the credit for it. You know, they are always referencing each other. Um, and we are very, very much using that as a blueprint um, for how we are taking that as our best practice and applying it to other projects. So I think your question around how Tunji and I work, our role is to create the environment for our teams to come together and for them to also be part of that solution. And, you know, they are the best um, advocates for what it feels like when it's really good, because we can we can just stand here and tell people, but unless they feel it themselves, um, then we're not really going to embed this as just how we do what we do. Okay. And perhaps you guys could um, kind of give us a bit of a rundown on, I mean, you've touched on some of them already, but perhaps you guys could give us a bit of a rundown on kind of the changes that you've made to the way sales and marketing work together since Tunji arrived. Um, yeah, we can we can sort of chip in and do that between us. Yeah. The first thing is us being seen together. So we've we've done a number of presentations actually together, haven't we, Tunji? Rather than you know Tunji standing up and talking about sales, and then me coming up and talking separately about marketing. Um, you know, we've tried to go to different teams jointly. 
um, whether that was seen as symbolic in the early days or whether they even appreciated why we were trying to do that, um, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, you know, the planning process. Um, we sat down in advance before that kicked off and really talked about how we could do that differently, didn't we? Um, and, you know, you went out and nominated and got volunteers from your various teams across the, the sales function um, and brought them in. Um, again, I think that was, was really important. Um, and actually then taking the time after those planning sessions where um, you very kindly brought them back together again, Tunji, and they fed back on what that experience was like for them. Um, and then I think the other thing is about sharing the examples of where it's working well. So, you know, we've already mentioned the, the value creation deals. Um, you know, are there other ones that you kind of want to pick up as well in terms of where you see it starting to work really well, Tunji? I think it's... Um We've been for our own kind of journey within sales in terms of aligning the teams better. Um, and one of the things we did do quite early, and it was uh, run by one of our um, regional teams, is that we spent time, at, at, um, I'd say a very basic level, making sure that our teams understood what our marketing team does and uh, dispelling the myths and debunking all the myths of things that they thought, which we kind of uh, jokingly uh, spoke about at the beginning, but then started to really talk about real where the real impact is and where the quality comes from. And I started to introduce with my teams um, the concepts around revenue-based marketing and the fact that actually, you know, marketing has a huge impact on the revenue and this is how this is done. And I think as we go through the year, we'll start to introduce more deeply account-based marketing within our organization as a, another way. Um, and we've done a few pilots already um, to demonstrate the real value that um, marketing brings to us in sales. So I think we've got quite a few really good examples to give our teams the right mindset. You know, once you get one or two people um, doing things successfully, then it breeds that kind of... Um, success elsewhere other you know we're, we're very competitive by nature salespeople. so if you know if one sales team's doing really well working closely with marketing the others will follow because they want that success so i'm pretty sure over time as we get more and more worked examples and we start to bring this new mindset um, to the teams both in sales and marketing then i think it will breed more success going forward Okay. So um, if someone were to follow in your footsteps and kind of implement the changes that you've made and they ask you what the benefits were um, to doing this, what would you say they are? Mm. I think the first one is that you can have a lot more fun if you do work collaboratively with sales. Um, I find most salespeople um, are very insightful, funny, challenging um, you know, bags of energy, why, why would you not want to work with most of them? Um, so that would be the starting point because I think, you know, a lot of what we do can be really serious and it can be really hard. Um, so, so why not embrace the opportunity to work with as many exciting people as you can find? Yeah, I agree with that, Lucy. And I think to add to that, as we look to the future, I think the initial pilot we've done around account-based marketing will start to flesh that out more. I think that will be certainly something that will continue to strengthen the relationship we have together. 
um, and through our teams more specifically. Um, and then really, you know, picking out some more key campaigns. I think the things that we've got for this year, it will be really good when we start to see the uh, the results and the the outcomes from the the planning that we've done. And I think that's going to be a really good story to tell back to our teams to say, remember you were involved in this. This is what we did and delivered and executed, and these were the results. So that's kind of looking forward to during the course of our um, our fiscal year. So that's it, Adam. We survived an interview with a salesperson. Uh, they're not that bad salespeople. I mean, I used to be in sales, you know. They're not all as bad as me, I promise. Uh, no, Tinji was lovely. And thank you to Lucy for also being a great insight into sales and marketing alignment. Um, so, Adam, what was your favourite tip? Uh, the thing I picked up that I'm going to make sure I really double down on doing more with our sales team is they were constantly talking about common goals and common aims and targets and ways of working. Um, mm. Maybe, although obviously marketing and sales do their thing in separate ways, they do still have that unified goal. And it's about really doubling down and making sure that we work as a sort of conjoined commercial unit rather than sort of two separate ones. That's the thing I'm going to be trying to do more in the sort of coming months and years with Sarah and Alex and the other salespeople here at B2B. How about you, Molly? What was your favourite takeaway? I think one of my favourite takeaways was actually a really simple one, which was um, what Tunji and Lucy were saying about doing joint presentations. I think that's such a small tweak that a lot of businesses could do. Um, but I, and I think it's a group, a really impactful way basically to kind of show face to the company that you are joint and that other departments see sales and marketing as an aligned kind of cohesive team as it would be um so yeah i think that would be mine i don't think that would work for everyone particularly if you are in separate offices um but i think for those that are working in the same office that's a, a great way to kind of align yourselves physically um, so, yeah, that would be mine. And if not, we'll sort of build some hip joining technology for sales and marketing people to really work together, as Tunji suggested, that might work as well. <laughs> I'm sure it's already out there somewhere. Great. So uh, if you want to get hold of either of the books that Tunji and Lucy recommended, which are The Long and Short of It by Binet Field or The Power of Strategic Commitment by Liebner, Maida and Weiss, uh, we'll have put Amazon URL links into the episode description so you can pick up copies there. So I know I'm going to be getting at least one of them straight away and if not the other one in a few weeks or so. Hopefully one of them is an audiobook because I don't read much. <laughs> Okay, well, that's all from us. We'll be back soon with another interview. Um, and let us know your feedback, as always, so we can improve this to make it as good for you as possible. Thanks very much. And have a good afternoon or evening or morning. I don't listen to this at night. It's weird. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.